1: Against a crown on its feet. Aaron
2: for the ring. Yeah!
0: What up, what up? Welcome back to the Sneaker History Podcast. My name is Nick Ingvall with my guys, Robbie and Rowitt. Talk some kicks. What's good, fellas? How you guys doing tonight? Good. Doing well. Chilling. It's uh it's it's, it's been an interesting day in the sneaker world. We're not going to get into any of the interestingness. We're going to stick to releases and uh, I guess like I would say some crazy collaborations that are that are in that list already, but there's just a lot of like there's just a lot of stuff being released. So I think we got to we got to we got to take a, a quick a twi- quick break from our, our deep dive topics and make sure that we cover some of the news stuff. So people actually come around once in a while when, you know, we don't actually talk about current events
1: they got to come around for the for the Dirk
0: jersey <sighs> that is a pretty fire jersey that's uh that's a that's a jersey that is
1: on my bucket list you got it man i've had it. i'm the original owner of this jersey so nice. i've had it since i've had it for what since 2002 i think 2003 something like that i have, I have a couple awesome. of good nike I, I have a really nice t-mac one houston rockets i found i'll, I'll pull that one out next
2: I had uh, a Nike outlet about 90 minutes from where I grew up. And the only NBA jersey they ever got was a home white Darko Milicic jersey. And what? of course I had to have it. And I can't find it. I've scoured the house because I think that is the ultimate obscure flex. And that is amazing. Yeah. Like I said, whoever has it now, because I think we were talking previously about, you know, moms and dads kind of giving away possessions due to yard sales because they think we don't want them anymore. Whoever has that Darko Milicic jersey, you're welcome.
1: <laughs> now, if you don't know, Darko was drafted between LeBron and Carmelo in the 2003 draft. So a historic bust. I don't put him. I mean, I I would say others are bigger busts than he was. It's not his fault he got drafted number two. He didn't ask, but he also like didn't have legs that blew out or a whole bunch of other catastrophic things that could have happened. He just sucked. And he everybody had Larry Brown as his coach. Yeah, it is what it is.
2: No, he's got the greatest nickname I'd heard at the time, which was the Human Victory Cigar. So anytime you saw Darko coming into the game, it meant the Pistons usually had won. And then I think at the tail end of his career, he kind of turned out to be a serviceable backup quality center. So shout out to you, Darko.
1: Hell yeah.
0: That is uh. That is pretty incredible to like also i think uh want to say that uh let me just make sure that I, that i'm thinking of this right but free darko right yes the books yes uh nathaniel i can't remember friedman's name friedman and uh i'm pretty sure my friend jesse einhorn contributed to those books too oh no uh, way in the early days so i i'll have to i'll have to look that up but um Let's, uh, let's, let's, I'll, I'll come back to that. I'll, I'll do, do some digging, but what are you guys rocking? What are you guys copping lately? Uh,
2: let me see. I just wore some nice slides, but if I go through my sneaker portfolio, I'll say in an ideal world, I would be rocking the Kobe 10 Mamba which I kind of called the Brett the Hitman Hearts because there was a nice pink and gray color blocking with them. So that's what I was cop, uh, what I was rocking. And I guess what I'd cop is... Maybe in a second pair of Cosmic Unity colorways because I think that black and green OG colorway is kind of growing on me. So I'm glad Mike ended up with them. Hopefully he actually got them, though.
1: Am I the only one that hears Cosmic Unity and thinks Unity every time? Uh, no, they... I,
2: I do the same. Unity.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's just impossible to do without. I wore like three days ago. I'm not going to lie to you. Not today, but I still uh, had them out. The black Levi's. Uh, denim four. So I got an exacto knife and like I tried to make it look a little more worn but I believe I've said this in the past. I'm pretty anal when it comes to like keeping my shoes clean so in my brain I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking it up. Yeah, it's looking cool. But then when I look at it as like a finished product, I didn't do all that much. so it's just <laughs> like my brain just like subconsciously kept me from really digging in. But it's just the gum. It's the gum outsole with the denim. It looks really good. And what's funny is we grilled the uh, Air Max 95 Jordan 4 for having, like, material over the midsole. And these very awkwardly have denim over the midsole. And, and that, every time I wear them, makes me question if these are dope or not. I mean, they're dope. But just, like, should they have gone this rubber all the way through? Because it's rubber here. But then denim, like, you probably should have just gone rubber all the way through. I don't know. What do you think?
0: I could go either way because I actually, I like that they tried something different, but it seems, it seems kind of... It looks so good at the black. Yeah.
1: Keep it going. Yeah. I could,
0: I could see it working either way, to be honest. I'm just, I'm just jealous. I, I actually, that's one of the shoes that I probably should have put more effort into, after the fact, you know, like, it's, that's the one thing that drives me crazy about the sneaker thing right now. Is like, you, you only have a certain window to actually remember that you want a shoe because so much stuff comes out. You just aren't gonna remember it all.
1: FOMO, yeah, fear of missing out. Um, and when it comes to purchasing, um, I, I admittedly, I want those UNC ones for a while. I didn't, but then I saw. Shameless plug the the beautiful photography of shoe palace. If you haven't listened to that episode We interviewed adrian from shoe palace, but their photos are always so good there. They have like local on-site photographers and uh, They sell it man like the materials just look really good on it So both of you too if you're not trying to get that shoe I'll ask publicly to everybody Go ahead and go and enter for me but those have grown on me in the past week and a half at first five months ago i was like ah those shoes are dumb but like the more i see it i'm like i'm gonna be dumb i'm gonna be like nick with those levi fours like six months from now i'm like oh yeah i really wanted those but i didn't try or i didn't whatever so i'm trying to avoid that what about you what are you rocking
0: um rocking i broke out some old ass well they're these are retros from a few years back but Osiris, osiris d3 2001s uh 3M too. You can't really see that on oh. here, but that, that silver is 3M. I this shoe, uh, like I don't know if you've if you. I'm wearing a hoodie, so you can't see my arm having to flex to hold it. But just a reminder, this shoe weighs like at least 28,000 pounds. Oh, like, it's horrible. Nothing short of of 28,000 pounds. But also, it's just so ridiculous how much padding is on this shoe. I love it so much, though. That. Ah. It's one of those shoes. It's funny because I wore the Concords and I was like, I need to just keep wearing this old shit that I haven't worn for a while. So that was kind of next up. Um,
1: those but... were expensive. Those were like $180 back in the day, like teched up. My parents wouldn't buy them for me and I wanted them so bad. Like All the cool kids had the D3s. This girl with really skinny jeans, she used to get in fights. I had a big crush <laughs> on her. She had like a girl's version of the Osiris D3 i wanted those shits so bad but they were expensive <laughs> they were like retro jordan price
0: that's crazy i don't remember how much they were I, I mean this this retro is from like maybe 2016 or something uh i think i paid like 100 bucks for it they, they actually went on sale at some point when the retro came out because it's one of those shoes that if, yeah. anytime a brand only has like a very finite number of successful shoes the actual to get any type of publicity or coverage or enough people interested in it at this point when we've got so many like crazy collaborators and limited edition things from like the big brands it's almost impossible so um but i guess related but not related at all because it's like the anti i would say that like a shoe like that's kind of like almost like anti-hype beast because it's so oh, it's totally. old and nobody like you can't call anything fred durst has worn hype beast right like I mean, I'm a Limp biscuit fan. It's no there's no shame for me in being a Limp biscuit fan. I actually saw Fred Durst at a vegan restaurant when I was living out in LA, and I didn't ask him for a photo or anything cuz I was like, uh, do I really want this? Like, you know, I'm a fan, but I'm not like not that much of a fan. So, anyway, I'm like, rambling. What is your expected
2: like total if you post that on the gram? You're like, you know what? <laughs> I was out here breaking stuff and
0: guess who's right next to me? <laughs> you on- know yeah I, it, it could go either way right you could end up with like six you could end up with like a thousand because it just depends on the mood right like sometimes you know like the other day uh this is probably like three three four months ago now we were coming back from someplace and i was slipping through radio stations and uh the limp biscuit rolling came on rolling rolling, rolling i'm like, rolling what P- question of clarity was that the urban assault program
2: or the traditional <laughs> rock version the urban assault yeah well, of course because it don't get no darker than a dude in a parka shout outs to dark man x
1: i mean limp yep. biscuit is just next significant other
0: yeah. <laughs> i haven't oh already. man but yeah. yeah it was a it was an interesting experience to say the least but anyway uh what was i saying oh what i'm copping i mean by the time you hear this i've already taken the l but i actually really like the blue supreme dunks
2: were those the I, ones you brought up the couple episodes ago that are inspired by the porsche
0: no no i like those ones this is just like the literal like supreme Oh, okay like stars on the side like kind of like their big release for this season but you know if you think sneakers is bad try to buy supreme product right yeah
1: don't say any more we'll bring that up in a moment when we talk about mcnews
0: all right well uh i'm gonna toss it to row then because i think we got a,
2: a review to read we do uh this is from oosh 1972 which oosh. starts off with he loves the show but he has an interesting episode proposal for us in the future basically around non-hoop signature line. So, Oose's top three are the Agassi, the Bo Jackson, because he wanted to give him the credit for the Air Trainer line, and the Deion Sanders. He maintains he's an old head, but he would love to hear our pod cover this topic. Let's go. So, thank you for the prompt, and more importantly, thank you for the reviews. We always appreciate the five-star reviews.
1: The Brett Favre line is definitively the answer, though. Number one.
2: <laughs> With or without the Wranglers? Yeah.
1: With. And the, um, the, the copper, the copper copper band. Yeah. Yes.
0: (laughs) Forgot about those. Uh,
2: that's always on. That's like ESPN's number one infomercial is like, okay, just, we got to give Brett Favre some more camera time.
0: Remember when Brett Favre retired and which time? Well, it was (laughs) like, it was like a four year period in which ESPN covered Brett Favre's retirement every day. Oh yeah. It, it was like it was like what LeBron watched like really aspires to be. Like literal every program on ESPN, let's talk about Brett Favre. You want NBA highlights? One sec, we'll be right back. Brett Favre is courtside. We think he's retiring. Like they tied everything into Brett Favre's retirement for like a solid four-year run.
1: Brett Favre is a beautiful human being. I'm kidding. I don't mean that.
2: I mean, the thing is, I talk to my younger cousins about this and I tell them you're growing up in the golden age of ESPN programming because of the fact that regardless if you're an NBA head or an NFL head, you have dedicated year-long programming. To Nick's point, it was three years of Barry Bond's home run coverage, which was parlayed into see there you go. Thank you're welcome, (laughs) Nick. To the four years of Brett Favre coverage. Then we had a Who's Now or Who's Next tournament in the summer. That was pretty controversial at the time. And, yeah, LeBron Watch kind of was that last sports be damned. We're just going to cover the personality topic. So,
1: it's, so um, yeah.
0: Before we, before we move on to, to the news, my question for you guys, how long until ESPN becomes MTV and we just get a sports version of ridiculousness for 89% of the time?
1: Wait, that's not already happened? Because I turned on ESPN. I only watch... So I watch, like, everything on YouTube. So I get, like, a little bit of Colin Cowherd. I get my Jalen and Jacoby. I get, like, my, my greatest hits from different networks and different outlets. I can't watch ESPN because I did it for the first time in a long time. And it was Stephen A. Smith debating himself with a baby filter on. And then he like, plug my radio show, plug me on first take, plug me on this show you're watching now, plug me after the game. And it's just like, everybody has left ESPN or they, or they fired everybody. Which, which one of the way of the two you want to go? Where it's just all Stephen A. Smith all the time now. So it's pretty much MTV. He, he is the Rob Dyrdek of ESPN.
2: No, I think that's probably the most apt comparison to make, uh, I think also, to Robbie's point, everybody covers the same eight topics. It's just how well do you differentiate yourselves from the other seven shows doing it. So I will, I like your – who's Big Black then? Is that Molly Quirum or is that – because obviously Max Kellerman is Chanel West Coast. So I will make that comparison right now. But Speechless? All right. Let's get That's to the amazing. news before this goes yeah. even
0: more off the rails. <laughs> yeah, let's get yeah. to the news. I can't think
1: That's of anybody, great... man.
0: Yeah, that's a great comparison, though.
1: (laughs) It really was, but it's like, man, there's nobody really... I mean, Jalen and Jacoby rock.
0: They do, yeah. So,
1: shout out to them. Everybody else I truly loved on ESPN is no longer there. So, all right. Let's go into happier stuff. Um, Sneaker releases, the things that seem to unify us in terms of, like, Discord comments and podcast reviews in our group chat just like a constant a constant quest to buy shoes and nick brought up a good point of like the so many release to where you can forget a pair you really liked a month ago released because there's nine in between that and your brain just only has so much room so let's fry your brains a little bit let's throw some more releases at you we're gonna mix up the brands but what's been on the top of my mind and and I'll, I'll parlay that with a second of the same model. That University Blue, Jordan 1, and following shortly after, allegedly, like two weeks later, is this like fresh mint slash, they really don't have a proper nickname for it. It's like half shadow Jordan 1, half like brushed nickel looking, half modern Jordan 1 tongue where they have it like stitched on and it says Nike Air. A lot going on there, but there's two Jordan 1s back-to-back. I feel like this shoe releases more often than any other one. Do do either one of these even get on your radar, or do you have Jordan 1 fatigue?
2: I have fatigue on them. I just think at this point, they're going to milk that uh, cow dry, and then they'll milk it some more. But if there is a particular colorway that inspires me to get it, I'll try, but I'm not anticipating getting a Jordan One unless I decide I want to pay X amount over retail, and I don't really want to do that. So I'm I'm Jordan One doubt. How about you, Nick?
0: I feel the same. I, I feel like I, I like those, like whatever it is, University Blue, Carolina Blue, Obsidian ones, but I just assume that I'm not going to get a pair. Um. And and other other Jordan Ones outside of that. I don't know. Like, I, I would love to get, like, the kind of, you know, colorways that I miss, like black toes and, and, you know, the breads and all that stuff. But other than that, like, I don't necessarily need any more of them. There's so many other shoes that I'd like to have. So I guess I am getting to that point of Jordan 1 fatigue.
1: Man, I, I have it until I see the right one. So when I see this second, like, fresh mint semi-shadow shoe, that, I, I get fatigued out. But then, like, it's like a really good burrito, Nick. Because, like, you can have them four weeks in a row. And and then you have, like, the right one with just the perfect ratio of, like, filling and salsa. It does It's not runny, but it's not dry. Like, the university blue, the shading and materials and color blocking is all... It, it's all kind of just good enough to, like, hit the spot after a couple lukewarm burritos or...
0: I I could see that. I like like the materials on those quite a bit. That like soft, I don't know if that's whatever you call that, suede or whatever, where it's just like, it's not like rough. It's all like almost just feels like super, super smooth. Mm -hmm. It's definitely tempting.
2: I have a question for both of you. What do you guys feel is the ideal number in terms of just overall colors on a Jordan 1 colorway? Because I think that University Blue for me captures it. I think there should be no more than three dominant colors on the shoe and just... Kind of mix and match around it i will that being said i love the biohack ones i wish i would have gotten those but i think for me whenever i do get out of that jordan one funk it's because the shoe is very simple mm-hmm. i
1: would agree white black plus a third or you go like six plus so you can't have like the middle ground sure because like the blue the greats those have a different color on on every panel and i yeah. love it it all works
0: yeah, I'm I'm kind of the same. I think I think three tops, maybe four, but it, you don't really need it. I think if you think of like the best colorways, you know whether you're thinking of hype or not, you're thinking of like obviously Royals, Breads, Chicago's, Black Toes. Uh, maybe you throw in shattered backboards. Maybe you throw in like the court purples. For me, were a good one just because it's King's colors. You know, anytime you go beyond that you got to go way beyond it in order for it to be cool to me.
1: Mhm. No no uh inside the park home runs. You you got to go either all the way out or get a single. <laughs> um so I mean this next shoe is super basic. I think it's one most of our listeners either grew up with or saw an older brother or sister with them on. But it's the the answer four coming back in white and red. It's supposed to be around March 12th, so let's say middle of this month. And, man, like, from a from a wearing standpoint, I've always hated the extra little strap over the zipper. Yeah, I've always had to wear them loose when I was a little kid, that is. I had these when I was a kid. Um, wear them loose and open because that little notch drives me crazy. But, like, this is childhood nostalgia wrapped up in a shroud, so... I'm totally on board. What, what, what are you guys feeling with this Iverson retro?
2: I really like it. I think as I get older, I realize more and more how much I've underrated the entire Iverson line. I mean, I think everybody flocks towards the question, but the four is a really good shoe, especially in this colorway. But I also kind of am a sucker for that red, white, gray colorway. So I think it's a dope shoe. I'll definitely try for it. How about you, Nick?
0: Um, I think it's a dope shoe. I have a pair from... I don't know, five years ago or whatever, so I, I won't be after these ones. But I 100% agree. I think that I think that the the lack of uh, collectors or hype around the Iverson line is, you know, it just speaks to what Nike or Jordan Brand does in terms of marketing, because. <clears throat> the quality of the quality of a lot of the, the Iverson line even the retros over the years has been really good but none of it holds up and n- none of it hits the way it could with you know the amount of people that like really look up to Iverson respect him and and like are fans of him you would think they'd be able to do a lot more but it just doesn't happen although i'd say like this year has been nice to, or the last year or two has been nice to see like more and more people becoming fans and you get get to see, you know, AI actually out doing things. I just saw, you know, uh, uh, Stephen Jackson doing the, the giveaway with like, you know, question uh, with a bunch of like, you know, young Hoopers. That kind of stuff. Being being able to see AI do that with other other NBA athletes is awesome.
2: I feel bad for Iverson because I think he's a player that this younger generation doesn't really realize how prolific and great he was. And also the fact that there was probably nobody better suited for this generation to idolize, especially given what his off the court antics and activities were, because he truly struck the fear in the heart of David Stern and the NBA's corporate America, but he was also a real one and he was universally adored by his fans. And I just don't see that same connection And granted, maybe I'm using the wrong focal points to compare it, like, say, like a Kobe or a KG, but you don't really hear about him in that sense. And I think maybe that's also the fact that he doesn't seem to be as shameless of a self-promoter as some of the other OGs from his era are. Like, I would love to have the right moderator have a weekly podcast with Iverson because I think he is one of those people that would definitely have insights into this very prolific point guard golden era that we're currently living through.
1: Hmm. Yeah. So I, oh, I agree. I mean, just to kind of wrap up on Iverson, I think on a neutral on a neutral field, put to put it that way. Make this analogy: if you put the the question mid, the answer four, answer five, answer seven, probably even the six. Uh, you put those shoes like on a neutral ground on a table in their original colorways next to the Jordan four jordan you know all the course any corresponding jordan models each of those reebok iris and shoes stand like other brands like their top of the top doesn't match what nike can do but for all the turmoil nike can have um pardon me reebok can have over the last 20 years their top of the top is still like there's a reason why it was at 86 they were the best shoe brand in the world biggest shoe brand in the world like yeah they're taught their their valleys are valleys and their peaks are definitely peaks
0: yep definitely i mean even thinking of like the pump in that you know like on the tennis side right
1: Mm -hmm. it
0: it, it was the closest that reebok was you know to to you know like the top of the tennis game i think right and it's just you know like slightly before nike takes over in tennis with with the agassi line and stuff but uh, yeah like th- that's the the crazy thing reebok is like extreme ups and extreme downs and you know i'm just i'm happy that they have been able to keep iverson involved in everything and keep him as a part of the the, the team so to speak because that's still one of my biggest pet peeves with any brand is when you don't have the athlete attached to the shoe granted mm-hmm. if that athlete has moved on to another brand i understand that's never going to happen but like if that athlete is not connected to a branded in any way right now just pay him the few hundred grand that he needs she needs to be a part of it because that's so much more powerful for creating a legacy and selling that shoe 10 years from now right like the the kids right not to not to you know trigger warning Robbie here, but like Chris Weber is a perfect example. Oh yeah. Chris Weber being on TV right now could absolutely sell more shoes than a lot of retro product that sells, but without him attached to it, you're not getting that exposure that you would just naturally get with him talking about it on, you know, whatever thing he's on throughout this the season. Right. And I think, you know, love him or hate him. Like that's also a, just like the nature of the, the beast in a sense where like people have enough of a following enough of a presence out there on the media side that, you know, them showing up in a suit and their own signature shoes is going to get pictures. It's like, it's like NBA guys walking through the tunnel, right? Like it's just a part yeah. of the but part of it now.
1: I mean, it's, it's really unfortunate because let's use Barkley as a different example. Barkley will show up every once in a blue moon in a Nike thing. I mean, you, you never see his feet at the desk when he's on inside the NBA but once in a blue moon barkley will show up you know be it like a footlocker ad or some kind of pr but like he the barkley stuff is so good it's because as long as you have his okay to use cb34 which isn't all that invasive everything yeah. is kind of just oh like it 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 orbits barkley like i'm not a role model on the outsole you don't have to have barkley's name anywhere out there but you know definitively that's a Barkley quote. And just like, it, it's it's really good how like the Barkley stuff has been able to always be Barkley without him really wanting to be all that involved. He's not involved with video games. Barkley wants to drink, you know, ha- and gamble a little bit, be on TV and have a merry life. He's yep. he's earned that. So it's like, that's, that's the best because the Air Max sensation just doesn't hit. The jason kid stuff i think jason kid too all the great j kid stuff it wasn't always flashy but just the the kid branding that little round logo it's just that's so powerful and when you don't have that i don't care how cool the pods are on a shoe if it doesn't have the j kid logo next to it it's like ah
0: well and that's hit. even that right like you know you wouldn't necessarily think much of it but if if Jason kid's wearing a pair of his new release shoes courtside as an assistant coach, you're going to see it on the internet, right? We see all that stuff now at, at some point or another. So like, it's easy marketing to just get him involved, throw those on his feet. Of course, he's going to be excited to wear them. They're his shoes, you know, like, but yeah, it's, it's crazy times.
1: He gets to relive the glory days. Um, I guess Gary Payton, the glove stuff as long as they're cool i don't think maybe gary has the glove trademarked maybe he's i don't know if if you can or can't it's neither here nor there but just the fact that they called it the glove yep air max cb34 It's like branding it very correctly um so speaking of branding perhaps the most well-known brand nick brought it up earlier supreme new york the hellhole my The bane of my existence is every time I'm like, oh, I wonder if Supreme dropped. I check my email and it's like, fuck, that was 40 minutes ago. <laughs> it's just like, it's, it's never, by the time my brain registers, it's Thursday. It, it's it's long gone. But we have a, a blue, a brown, a lime green, and a black Supreme S.B. low with the hallmark stars that were first found on the mids back in 2003. It was 2002. I think it was... 2003 um this nick brought up this is the supreme drop of like the season the last couple seasons have not been anything special and i think this is the first time in a while where i look at these and i think i'm not going to acquire them but i see the star power both metaphorically and literally like I see it. Like I see why Supreme is so cool, why their collabs are coveted so hard when I see a shoe like this. What are you guys' take on these releases?
0: I mean, I I think I think Supreme is is whether you love it or hate it, it's the it's like the quintessential uh, you know, success, mark of success, right? Like they've been able to take something and you know as a brand you just have to admire what they they've been able to do because the people that are into supreme there's like the original generation that was like just skaters hanging out at the shop you know there's the kind of first round of the hype with like the early sb dunks and stuff and then there's like kind of like a a generation that, like, for you know, probably for a solid like eight years or so, eight to 10 years into the like early 2000s, there wasn't like a craziness for it. But if you knew what it was, you knew everyone else that was into it. And then over the past like, you know, 10, 15 years, it's just gotten to be so massive and so mainstream popular and recognizable everywhere, right? That you know, I think, I think that's the that's like, it's so it's like impressive, but also like just crazy that everyone wants the same things at the same time. But then when I see stuff like these shoes, like I just think of the first release, I think of like the elephant print release, I think like, damn, I'd love to get those, you know, hopefully, but obviously, not likely. (laughs) All four shoes are very
2: beautiful, like that there's nothing really else you can say other than that. They're very desirable. I'd love to get them, but I think the deck is so heavily stacked that I almost can't even picture myself wanting to try. But kudos to those that hit, and Supreme is still kind of holding that cachet in my mind that if they're making this product, to me, this is such a good looking shoe that even if it wasn't a Supreme, I think there would be a justifiable hype around it, and they may be harder to get. But some of the other Supreme stuff that I see, I'm just like, okay, we're just chasing the box label, so good for you. but. This is a quality quality shoe. I hope there are more releases like this because at least in my mind that triggers this thing that okay Supreme still has it. They still kind of know how to make a great pair of sneakers or how to make a great pair uh, great hoodie so
1: I feel like Supreme in lieu of the Bloomberg article we talked about yesterday, is a bona fide asset like if you have the right supreme article it hundred percent is I'm just looking at the fuck you alphabet vase I have here. And I got it for 200 and I saw it on StockX for 450 and they were selling for 450 So I'm like, dang, that's already like doubled its worth. I mean, it's, it's, it's not for sale, but like, damn, like that has already grown. And if you're any old head, like in the era Nick was speaking of, where if you just knew Supreme, like you knew if you were this light years ahead brainwave wise and you probably held on to two or three pairs of your dunks, like that's an asset, like Supreme stuff. If you have a step ladder, you have a bolt cutter, you have a brick. A brick is now an asset if you slap Supreme on it. So that's like the ultimate power. There's there's always fun things like CNBC takes on like why Supreme is cool, and it's always fun to see like the the suit and tie analysis of things like Supreme, but like us this think, yeah man, like that is a market success. That dude has a pair of red Supreme elephant print dunks from 2012 like that dude is with the shits and he has like a thousand dollars worth of shoes on his feet like worn like that's an asset it's crazy
0: yeah and i i think too like the other thing about it is like they e- even through like i mean publicly they've probably been looked at as like sellouts or whatever because they cashed in and, and got you know big investors from multiple times now right um but I think the, the beauty of Supreme too, is that it's, it's still like core skate shop dudes, right? It's still, you know, like, yeah, there's more and more people buying this stuff, but they definitely like stay true to the, you know, like your vase is a perfect example, right? What like globally known brand is going to put like a fuck you lettering on a vase besides Supreme? nobody's going to be able to get away with that and that's like the beauty of of like their mass appeal right like they can they can totally be that like rebellious skate kid and even though like you know james jebbia was not a a skateboarder it was just like that's the culture that like came up in new york in the early days and i think that same culture is what kept like you know fairfax as like a place to be and a place to go create and do and just be hanging out you know in the last 10, 15 years. Right. And we've seen brands come up from within that, but even like to compare to other brands, nothing else will, will be able to get away with the things that Supreme can get away with. And a lot of times, like, you know, the stories are, are much deeper than, than people think. Like, I, I think that, uh, you know, the, the Supreme brick is, a is an interesting thing because I'm pretty sure that the brick was made because James Jebbia's uh, like came from, like his dad was a bricklayer. And like, that was an actual thing that he was like, oh, this would be cool to do. People don't know most of those stories behind this stuff because they just see it as like, ah, oh, it's funny Supreme can throw their logo on everything. Which to a certain point, that is part of what they do, right? But I think that there's much more to it. And I think that there's just like, as much as there's a community around Supreme and the resale and all the stuff that we see on the internet, the community within supreme shops and that little group of people whether that's you know this year or 25 years back or whatever it is to you know 94 those people all relate to each other they all still have like connections to each other in a lot of ways and you just kind of see that in in the way that they move forward right like at the end of the day if supreme opens in any city around the world you know there's going to be a, a skate ramp in it you know it's going to be you know the same kind of vibe you know it's going to be like a bunch of dudes or girls in there that like pretend they don't care about the customers and that's a part of the experience and it's just like kind of like old school skate shop even though it's like the most recognized brand in the world
1: any take row it
2: No, I was just going to ask you, do you think that's probably their secret sauce more than anything else? Like, how is their product? Like, if I'm just looking at it from the perspective of I don't have that same emotional attachment to Supreme the same way that you gentlemen have, but is the product also worthwhile in terms of not only the hype, but I guess the quote unquote rudeness of the associates that are working at the store? Or is that part of the joke as well? Because to your point, it seems that there is a fine line that they're navigating with all the product and the stories that they tell.
0: I mean if, if you look at Supreme t-shirts for instance like Supreme skate decks they support everyone like they go out and find the interesting artists the interesting creators the, int- the people that are doing you know interesting stuff and and like try to elevate that stuff right and and a lot of the stuff that they that they choose to use yeah there's some stuff like you know a Chucky doll might be mainstream But for every Chucky doll, there's 20 t-shirts of random artists that have some connection to New York City or LA. And I think that like the the really cool factor that probably is not, doesn't go over well or doesn't get talked about is that if you really cared about, like if you saw the stuff that Supreme did and you did a little research to learn about the products that they make and the the, the artists that they work with for the, the designs, you'd... You'd, you'd be a very well-versed member of society just based on the collaborate, the collaborations right. and the inspirations and all the things that they do to create products. So, you know, to me, I think that's like something that is unspoken that that kind of somehow holds it all together and, and, you know, pushes through to the consumer, even though the consumer might not even know it, right? There's like a genuine like passion for that kind of stuff still within the company and the community that's around it.
1: There's an underlying root of culture that the word culture gets thrown around a lot, especially in sneakers. But, like, no, Supreme, you really will be a very cultured member of society if you just learn about Supreme. Aaron let me borrow the Supreme Works book where it's, like, everything up to 2015 or, like, the, not the newest one, like, the, the the V1. Yeah, that's a good one. I think it's t- 2012, and it's just like, yeah, you look through it, and you're like, damn, these guys have really done their homework it's not just and on, and on top of that like when you bring up the bolt cutters it's not just like some cheap flimsy let's go find a manufacturer in china that can make us really cheap bolt cutters and we'll slap our logo on them like no they get like the legit you know the best brand they could find
0: yeah and i think too like if you look at all that stuff right like whether it's the i mean take away the like the, the key chains and the stuff like that but if you look at all the like random accessories yeah some of it's just like absurd at this point but think of all of those accessories go watch a skate video from the mid to late 90s and tell me that every kid in that video wouldn't fit right in with that supreme product they could use any of that product whether it's jars for their weed whether it's you know the hammock to chill the motorcycle to chase dudes around on skateboards with a camera like everything could fall right into place in any of those old skate videos and i think that at its you know at its core is something that you know we don't really think about that now because you don't see you know you don't like supreme doesn't do like mainstream skate videos right like you see a video from them once or twice a year usually just to like announce product or a collaboration or something but they don't like go out the way like a traditional like you know old 411 or like you know the way Transworld or Thrasher would do like a whole video series, right? But like everything that you see could easily be a part of it, right? Whether that's, you know, thinking about like, you know, dirt bikes and goggles and snowboard gear and all the like random food accessories and like, you know, water bottles and flasks. Like you could see that just being right in place in in a skate video with a bunch of dudes touring the country out of a, you know, sprinter van or something, so
1: it's good stuff it's genuine so we'll keep the genuine train going because next up here i have a new balance release with bape that comes up next month i'm not so familiar with this model it's a 2002 r so the new balance bape 2002 r seems to have some kind of like gel like heel cushioning going on but much like supreme and their block logo very traditional bape you got a little Fighter pilot, fighter jet teeth type deal on the heel. You have your quintessential Bape camo. It's just like kind of like Supreme. You could throw that Bape camo on just about everything and it elevates it, not only because it has resale value, but just because you know Bape is really like a pillar of streetwear and by proxy footwear culture so like I've never owned a pair of new bounces still and like seeing these it it gets me excited the same way BAPE got me excited about an NMD that one time like I didn't care about NMDs for forever until BAPE did a collab and I was like oh shit those are tight so it's just like BAPE can make any obscure shoe something bigger or better so you guys feeling this 2002R by BAPE
2: The limited pictures I see, there is something about this shoe that I want to see more pictures of it. And ultimately, I would want to buy it if it's made available to me. Um, I kind of also want to understand maybe, and this is a question probably for another episode, but what is the hierarchy of the streetwear brands now? Like, where does Bape fall in line with, let's say, if Supreme is the king? Am I wrong to think that Bape is the queen or is Kit the queen and Bape is the jack? But that's a question for another day. It's a really good shoe. I always love the fighter pilot motifs. I think mm, that's something I would love to see more on in the shoes. And yeah, quality shoe and it's got me hyped for New Balance, which is very hard to say. Sorry, Kwai.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think it's, I think it's going to be dope. I think the uh the 2002 is like a it's like a 990 or a 992, but it's like modern tech, so it's got like their energy cushioning and absorb cushioning and all that stuff. So, I think it's like kind of a hybrid model, but like they just did like Salehi just did his uh, his collab. And I think there was somebody else that's that's doing one or is, or there is one on the way from maybe ALD or somebody like that. Maybe even as you said, Kith might even have one down the road. I can't remember which, which companies, but I think it's going to be dope. I think it's cool that they're doing it on a model. That's uh, a little more dad shoe than the rest of the new balances. But I also think it's, Anytime, this is the first that I can recall that Bape has done something with New Balance and that's cool to me because that means that, you know, assuming it works, you could see something else with maybe other models. Like I'm a big fan of a lot of the other New Balance models. So i um, kind of just excited to see how this kind of plays out and hopefully there's more stuff down the road. Maybe even a Kawhi. who knows?
1: Well, Nick, as the de facto New Balance um as say subject matter expert of out of the three of us for a listener who hasn't plunged into new bounds yet what's a what is a good model let's say give, give me give me two, two of your favorites to maybe recommend to somebody so who's looking my, to get in so
0: my my two favorites are the 1500 and the 997 um both of those are designed by Steven Smith who has designed all sorts of footwear that you already know um, Reebok Insta pump, uh, Nike streaks, zoom streak. I think the ghost racer, uh, he's just like a legend works for tons of different brands. We should, I should actually see if he'd want to come on the podcast. He is a designer for Yeezy now, like has been for the last few years. But, um, you know, the thing about new balance is like even, so I would always say, look for the made in the USA stuff, the made in the Japan made in Japan made in the UK, the qualities are bananas on all of those. But like you can get a very good feel for what New Balance is about with like a super basic 574, which is usually on sale for like 50 bucks or less. And the it might not be made in the USA, but you'll see how good the quality of the material that they use is even on their like very entry level common shoe. Um, and I think people will probably, you know, more recently the, you know, 327 or whatever, that's been super popular with the giant N on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I'm not like a crazy fan of that model. It, it's a little too old school for me compared to some of the others, but like the ones that I've seen in person, the quality of the material is super dope. And I think that's what ultimately keeps me a fan of, of New Balance. I mean, <laughs> they've had their ups and downs and obviously they've got all sorts of interesting twists and turns with their politics, but I think that it's cool that they do make shoes in the USA. I'd like to see more companies doing it. So hopefully, you know, these are the types of things where we see it happen and, and more energy towards competition in the footwear business is just going to be better for everybody.
1: To, to end on Rowett's comment about Kauai, this kind of like a yes or no, are we still excited about Kauai and New Balance or is that ship sailed?
2: I think it sailed because I think if we weren't able to capitalize on that after he had probably one of the most prolific one seasons with the team that we've ever seen, what else is going to get us excited about it? And the comparison, obviously, I think would be the easiest one to make is how Steph Curry kind of brought Under Armour up to a certain relevance that we never thought possible. And granted, that might have been built on his back initially, and then maybe it was extended once Durant got there. But yeah, I'm not really that excited about New Balance. How about you, Nick? Um,
0: I think I think New Balance still needs to figure out how how to work with Kawhi, right? Like, I I think that I don't think the ship has sailed completely. I think that they need to like step back and like repurpose, like redirect the ship, if you will, because you know the jolly rancher collab right is like not necessarily like a easy story to tell with somebody who doesn't have you know doesn't really have a public facing persona um other than like fun guy and like i think that's the thing right they've kind of they've kind of moved away from playing on the fun guy thing and like just how simple Kawhi is and how quiet he is to the media and that's like to me the the biggest opportunity is you know kind of getting back to that because the early releases, right? Like there was, a, uh, like there was a couple of nine nineties, a nine, nine, seven. And then that first, uh, you know, I forget what it is Omnis, Omni one. Um, all of those have pretty crazy resale prices and there is like a fan base for Kawhi, right? Like it's, it's hard not to be a fan of Kawhi unless you're a Laker fan, right? Like, and even, even, even as a Laker fan, you have, to, you have to be, like, totally impressed with what he did in Toronto. You have to be completely almost, like, blown away that, like, he essentially carried, like, the old man Spurs to, to championships, right? Like, the, the on-court stuff that he's done, even though he's not a, like, super vocal and in-your-face persona... Like, he's just an impressive athlete. He's done what needs to be done to prove himself. And I think that's the interesting thing, right? Like, you you almost can... You can almost do more by doing less if you're New Balance, right? And New Balance is a subdued company as it is. Like, look, their their greatest colorways are like five different shades of gray, right? Like, and that's no shots. I love that stuff. Like, it's easy to wear a simple, like, one or two-tone color shoe and if new balance were to embrace that on like a really creative almost like in your face but not that's the way you win with Kawhi, in my opinion because even if he's not winning championships he still has a fan base and he's in la so you know there's plenty of clipper fans that have been hungry to have decent shoes look at chris paul chris paul's signature line while he was a clipper like people actually bought that stuff in, in like you know why would i mean if i'd like the chris paul line more than i like chris paul like i I think that chris paul's line of of shoes has been pretty damn good even though like you're you're part of the brand that's the hardest place to have a signature shoe right jordan signature line is just almost impossible to be successful with because you're you're always under mj in this and the signature model right or the you know the jordan model of the year or whatever but i don't know i'm I'm rambling but i think i think if they if they kind of reset redirected and kept it simple they could do a lot with him
1: from a yeah, lakers perspective this yes you you don't like why but you fear him right he he's like the terminator and t1 That man has ended more
2: dynasties than any other player I can think of off the top of my head because he took out Golden State with Toronto. He kind of ended Miami. He ended the Spurs by moving away from them. And now he's almost ended the, if you want to call a one-season championship a dynasty. Had he stayed in Toronto, I think we still hear from Toronto because that was a problematic team in the best way possible, meaning they were probably the evolved version of that Detroit uh, Pistons lineup from 2004 where they were just a truly team of monsters but they also had the one thing that that Detroit team never had which was that go-to guy and you had these little imageries or this little image of Kawhi and all his methodology and all his mythology because that seven bounce shot like that was a brilliant storytelling thing that I thought New uh, New Balance did a decent job in but I don't know I think he is a enigma like he is on the court like he is off the court as his shoes are and i don't know if there will ever be a right answer for
0: it but like let's take the example that you just said robbie the terminator like terminator is a great example terminator t1 even right you're talking about an entirely gray shoe that story could be placed on the shoe with one like hit of red from the eye right and that's easy right new balance take this information and run with it like You could even really mix it up and you could do like one in every 50 that's released get some crazy other colorway in that right that's like maybe a a deteriorated version or you know like take your pick you could run through the whole terminator series and there's so many simple ways to turn that into it because he really is that right he's like he even almost speaks the way arnold schwarzenegger speaks right it's like very simple straight and to the point like no frills, just this is what I'm saying. Like you could literally use that as a marketing campaign and like people would eat it up. And if you partner with the studio and did it as an actual Terminator collaboration, now you got marketing dollars of a movie next level. shit. I mean, you
2: got that. You've got the Kingslayer, right? If you want to hop onto my like grandiose fantasy, like white and gold with a touch of red to represent the blood he spilled because he did it very quietly. And yeah, it's There are opportunities there, and I think New Balance does do a decent job of it because, say what you will about the Yeti shoe, it was still memorable at the time, right? Because it had the blue and the white, and it had the furriness, if I remember correctly. So I know New Balance has it in them, but it's just a question of tying it back to giving Kawhi his Grinch or his Mamba mentality or his
0: Bruce Lee model.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. How are we on time? Are We We
0: got about 10 Ten minutes it looks like. Okay, cool. Wait, five five minutes. Five minutes, ten minutes, whatever.
1: All right, well let let's wrap up on you brought up Steven Smith. So the Yeezy train that does not end. I mean, we're we're at the point now where I feel like we're seeing variations of variations. What what I'm alluding to is this new I believe it's a it's a three fifty that is like completely hollowed out. I don't know if you guys have seen images of what I'm, well, what I'm speaking of. Um, oh,
0: it's got the, it's got like the the cage inside or something.
1: Yes, it's like, yeah. so it's a 350 V2 with a visible cage. It's supposed to come out this fall or summer. It's just like, man, how many? This is not a good looking version. Like, when you start going through like your checklist, like, okay, we've done this colorway, we've done this one, we've done this one. Like how long is this page of like options to where like you're now scraping the bottom of the barrel? It feels like like who is this shoe for? Who do you have answers? I don't know. I think it's go go ahead. ahead.
2: I'm just gonna say I think it's for the people that want to have a Yeezy and they want it in the worst way and they're not even thinking about it and they just want to be a part of the club. And then I think two to three years down the line, they're going to be like, I picked the worst EUC imaginable.
0: <laughs> I mean, I just think that Kanye has a crazy dedicated fan base. I think that like, as long as the shoes are remotely close to comfortable, the easy 350, obviously by most accounts is a pretty comfortable shoe. I think that you could do, you could continue to do colorways. You know, this one is not interesting to me in any way, but like, I I don't I don't like the 350. I don't necessarily like any of the 350s, but I think there's a lot of decent colorways on it. This one probably towards the bottom of that list. But I think it's crazy too because like on a on an episode we did, I don't know, whenever we did like the I think Mike and I did a conversation about uh, you know, the about the d- divorce and how Kim Kardashian, you know, the network of family and connected accounts not pushing yeezys i think it'll actually you know you'll see a dent in the sales of of yeezys but that's like there was comments on the youtube channel i don't know if they're still up there because last time i looked i couldn't find it but there were like comments on our youtube video basically saying that these guys these idiots need to shut up talking about kanye and blah 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 and i think like that's like just a passionate fan base and you know Props to him for being able to, you know, to to build that fan base. Like I, I actually think that he's an incredibly creative person. I just I think that we're getting to the point where if if it is possible to to like actually go too far with colorways on one specific model, we're definitely getting close with a 350. But I also think that people just love the I don't want to call it a collectible nature, but like the, the, like that, like tonal choices that they would have, right? Like thinking of all those Yeezys in that parking lot shoot from whatever, you know, media outlet did that a couple years ago. I think there's plenty of, plenty of people that look at that and think, I want every single one of them no matter what. That's why I think you see the other, you know, stuff that's coming down the line, right? There's that 450 is super, super wild. You know, I think there's the, um the foam what's that foam the clog clog thing yeah and then there's more slides coming i just think that that kanye is 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 almost big enough to be at the level of an adidas or a nike in terms of like brand awareness and and like fan base it with the kardashians i don't know that it works outside of that um but we'll see i mean it's going to be really interesting
2: I think we're getting a Brady and Belichick-type situation with this dissolution of the Kardashian-West marriage. So I'm interested to see who wins the short term, who wins the long run. I think long run, I expect the infrastructure of the Kardashians to win out, but Yeezy has continually proved that on a year-to-year basis, he's still relevant, and more importantly, people are clamoring for these shoes. So,
0: Yep.
1: So, I mean, is this still creative if we're now at a point where the 350 is just like, fuck it, let's make it see-through? like
0: i mean i guess like i i would say no but then i also would say like we would we would look at nike and they've done the see-through shit too so like oh exactly just took him years to get to it but i think i think look whether he was aware of it or not kanye in 2020 with all the like political stuff put himself in front of a new audience completely and you know not to go deep into that political conversation, but like we saw, Yeezys being worn at the insurrection at the Capitol, right? Like that wouldn't have happened three, four years prior, five years prior, whatever whatever that timeline of him wearing the the red hat is, right? And I think that's like a whole different whole, whole different conversation. But I think there's like some crazy levels of Kanye's popularity that that like we can't really understand. Beyond, like it's it's much bigger than like sneakers or even streetwear, right? It's like I don't know. It's just it's different.
1: like, honey, I might be on TV later wearing my <laughs> Yeezys.
0: Make
2: sure you wear the 450s or the 350s. You know, you got to get that fit off when you're uh, storming the capital.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, Nancy I still Pokemon. think like the Quantum is super dope. I would love to have a pair of uh the 750s. Like, there's a lot of Adidas that I, especially Yeezys, that I would really love to have. But it is weird because I definitely think about like the political shit now. So I don't know if I would ever wear a pair. Wah, wah. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, well, what?
2: On we'll, that sober we'll, note.
0: Yeah. I know. <laughs> Not to end on a downer, but yep, we're out. <laughs> um,. What, uh, let us know what you're thinking. Oh man, I forgot to plug South by Sneakers. So if you're still listening, I have been working on putting together this group of panels. Uh, the guys here are gonna be on there with me. I've got a, a number of people committed uh, South by Sneakers, basically a panel to bring enthusiasts, industry insiders, uh, you know, just people that are connected to footwear in some way, shape or form. Have some conversations around how people can learn from what those people are doing. Maybe get you know closer to the jobs that they want or career path that they want. But mostly just have a good time. Be inspired. Hopefully find people that you can connect with. Um, and you can find out all the information at South by. It's sneakerhistory.com slash SXS. Or just go to South X Sneakers on Twitter, Instagram, or Sneaker History Instagram. It'll be up there. Um, but I'm really excited about it. I've never done anything like this and it's going to be like, it's going to be crazy. I'm kind of stressed about it, nervous about it, but I'm pretty stoked to also have these conversations with everybody. And I think people are going to really enjoy some of the people that are going to be talking. And, um, you know, I think like, think of this as like the the podcast on steroids with a bunch more people for like four days straight, March 16th through the 20th. And that's what it's going to be. So, Um, definitely check it out let us know if there's people that you think should be on the panels or if you want to hit up your friends or tell us people that should be you know in attendance or whatever that is because i'm really looking to this community to kind of like make sure that i do this right because i've never done it before so that's all those should have been a psa at the beginning of the episode but hey whatever Um, next time next time Thanks everybody for for tuning in with us. You can follow me at Nick Ingvall, N I C K E N G V A L L on all the platforms. Follow Robbie at
1: R A H B E E 702.
2: And at Rowadam13 on Instagram and Rohizi on Twitter.
1: Right on. We'll catch
0: you on the next one. Thank you for listening. Peace. Bye. Hey, y'all. Nick Engvall here. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. It really means a lot that you would spend a portion of your week hanging with us, and if there are any ways that we can improve the podcast for you, please leave us a review on iTunes. If you're looking for more content from the Sneaker History crew, head over to patreon.com slash sneakerhistory and join us for as little as 5 bucks a month. That also gets you access to our Discord group, which is a lot of fun. Also, make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube channel. We just started uploading our videos there now, so you can watch the video version of the pod and a lot more. Last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. It's a small gesture that can go a really long way to making somebody's day a little bit better. Thanks again, and we'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Hey, hey, Nick here again. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. Be sure to hop into our Discord to answer this episode's The Last Shot question and get to know our community of sneaker enthusiasts.